Tone Deaf is the journey of a musical theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. The reactions to the musicals are real and mostly unedited. This show is for ages 14 and up, because sometimes you just need to use a swear. Now sit back, relax, and have a laugh. You're listening to Tone Deaf. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for the musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren, and I'm musically challenged. Today we're covering a show that I still can't believe Warren hasn't seen. So what all do you know about The Sound of Music? Sound of Music, I know that the hills are alive Mm -hmm. with the sound of music Mm -hmm. and Nazis. Yes, that's two things that are indeed in The Sound of Music. And thus concludes the extent of my knowledge. (laughs) All right, so this one is going to be kind of an adaptation sandwich. Okay. So, The Sound of Music is based on the story of the Trap Family Singers. The Trap Family Singers. Yes, the Trap Family Singers. Um, T-R-A-P-P. Okay, Trap, not Trapped. Yeah. Okay. Um, And so, the version that we're watching is going to be the 1965 film, which is an adaptation of the Broadway play that came out in 1959, which is an adaptation of Maria von Trapp's memoirs, The Story of the Von Trapp Family Singers. So this is going to be an example of a based on a true story musical. Adaptation of an adaptation of an adaptation. Yes, adaptations all the way down. Okay, adaptation inception. Yes. Inceptation. Inceptation. So, um... With it being based on a true story, there are going to be some liberties taken. Um, A couple of them, Captain Von Trapp, who you're going to be seeing, is very different in real life compared to the musical. So I'm going to say that right now, because in real life, he was described as warm and loving. And in the show, he's kind of a hard butt. Captain Von Trapp. Yes, He's, Captain Von Trapp. He sounds like the antagonist to Captain Crunch. <laughs> like, I'll cap that. I'll catch that captain and get his tasty crunch. <laughs> oh man. So, yeah, he he's kind of not an antagonist, but he's sort of the strict father figure type instead of no funds allowed exactly exactly and um that's one thing that i kind of wanted to tell you right from the jump so that you weren't spending the whole musical going gosh this guy was a jerk he wasn't a jerk um good to know yeah that's good to know history has not been kind to him or history of musicals has not been kind yeah yeah um he deserves better than this (laughs) Well, this is actually, um, and we'll talk about it a little bit more, but this is one of the most culturally influential shows. And I have not seen it. And you have not seen it. Which explains why I'm uncultured swine. You are not uncultured swine. (laughs) So, this one is not going to be a song through. Okay, so So, there will be parts where they just talk in normal dialogue mm -hmm. like we're doing now. Yes. And it's kind of a good thing, too, because, um... You can kind of see sort of the tradition of 
breaking into song when there's no other way to describe an emotion. <laughs> so that's kind of what's what music is for in shows like this. But father, I just want to just want to sing. Yes, exactly. It is kind of like that. Um well like that's that's kind of the build up sort of so people are just so overcome with emotion, they have no other way to express it other than to just break out into song. Yes, however, um, so in this, we're also going to have moments where they actually are playing music as well. So um, there's a reason why this is based on the Von Trapp family singers and not like the Von Trapp family donut bakers. <laughs> um, That's a musical I want to see. <laughs> The Von Trapp Family Donut Bakers. Uh, maybe we can get them for a sponsor at some point or something. That would be fantastic that because would be. they'll probably kick some free donuts my way. And mm-hmm. you know I love me some donuts. Yeah. With shows like this, you're, this is your more stereotypical, we talk for a bit and then we sing. And then we talk for a bit and then we sing. It's like every Disney musical ever. Yes. Your Disney musicals. That's the same sort of thing. Um, now, this show was created by Rodgers and Hammerstein. I am familiar with that name. Yes, you are. Do you care to tell why you're familiar with them? Yeah, I, I will probably get it wrong. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, a King and I? Is that? Yes, The King and I is theirs. Okay. Um, is it also the... the uh, uh, crap, crap. It's slipping in my mind. Um we are the very model of a major... No. Oh, dang it. That one's Gilbert and Sullivan, who we will be covering later. Dang it. Oh, so yeah. they also did the show that you encountered in high school. Carousel? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Su- yeah. Suppressing rage. Yeah. Calming the... down. Yeah. So they also did Carousel. This is much better than Carousel. Anything is better than Carousel. A turd that you step on on the street is better than Carousel. (laughs) I would rather scrub crap out of the bottom of my shoes every day than have to listen to Carousel. Okay, we will skip that show for sure. No. I I did not like it either. I want to tear that show to pieces at some point in the future. At some point we will do that then. Just for you. Just for me, because I'm selfish and I want it. <laughs> Warren versus Carousel fight. No, oh, death right. match all the way. So this show, um, in its first run, actually was really considered successful. Um, it ran for three years consecutively, and then it has been revived and done movie adaptations and community theater productions and sing-alongs and all of that ever since. Which is another reason why I'm really surprised you've never seen this. I don't know. I I really don't. I just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you and everybody else that, you've never seen The Sound of Music? Yes, I've never seen The Sound of Music. I know. <laughs> Hang me up by my ankles and beat me like a pinata until apologies fall out of me. <laughs> so, this show is, like I said, heavily influenced by other musicals of the time. Which means it's a little bit more whimsical than the source material. Well, it does deal with Nazis. Yeah. So... Which, um, we'll be going into that later, but they do take some liberties there, too. 
though Wait. not where you think. So the Nazis are not heroes, right? Oh no. Okay. Oh no, they're not heroes at all in the okay. story. It's, it's just good. They do it like they did well, I don't want to spoil it. Are the von traps Jewish? No. Okay. No, but the children did have like classmates who were Jewish and okay. they were very anti-Nazi. The von traps were and so that's going to lead to some conflict, but they do add in some extra conflict with people that they know that it didn't actually happen that way. And in fact, character names are changed and like the kids' names, half of them are not the right name. <laughs> Well, and uh, you can't make a musical without breaking a few fact eggs. Yeah, and they they actually call uh, George von Trapp, uh, George von Trapp, Baron, but he was actually a Ritter, which is a knight. I'm actually actually have heard the term Baron von Trapp. Before. Yeah, and he wasn't a Baron; he was a knight, basically. Knight von Trapp. But he was, so, what was the word you said? Ritter. Ritter. So. Um, they also leave out... Ooh, I want to be Ritter von Warren from now on. Which <laughs> Ritter von Warren. Ritter von Warren. <laughs> um, they also leave out the period of time uh, where they dealt with the Great Depression, and they in fact kind of move everybody's story up a few years, even though... The Depression some, in... Oh, sorry. Uh, some stuff that happened to the Von Traps in the show actually take place earlier okay. than they put it, but... The Great Depression, putting it into a musical, unless you're Annie, it's probably not going to be fun to watch. <laughs> when you say the Great Depression, you're talking about the U.S. one or the one in Germany before World the War II? The global. Because oh. um, the U.S. wasn't the only one affected by the Great Depression in the 30s. What? You yes. Mean the U.S. isn't the center of the universe? No, oh. it, it isn't. Shockingly, I know. I know. <laughs> but yeah, they uh, were affected by it. And uh, we'll go into more of that later. Um, so there's two cast members of this show who you might know. Maybe. Julie Andrews. That name is familiar, but I can't put a face to it. All right, you will soon. And Christopher Plummer is Baron Von Trapp. I know that you like a Christopher Plummer. I also cannot put a face to the name. Beautiful Mind. Uh, Return of the Pink Panther. The sixth Star Trek. Uh, he was the pigeon in an American Tale and the evil owl in Rockadoodle. I know the voice based okay. on those, but okay. I still can't put a face to <laughs> the name. So I feel like I can feel the rage of people just <laughs> seeping into me as they listen, and I I am sorry. I oh am no, really sorry. you're fine. You're fine. This is this is an educational thing. So, he actually didn't do the singing voice in this. Christopher Plummer didn't. So he just did the speaking roles. He did the speaking roles. And then he had he had a stunt voice, a stunt singer. Yes, and you'll actually find this happening too. Um, I believe when we do My Fair Lady, if I remember right, that was the case. And we're going to be watching a show that lampoons it. Wink. That was ominous. It'll be fun. Okay. You'll like it. I trust you. Maybe. <laughs> um, so like I said, this show is really culturally significant. In fact, the Library of Congress had it put in there. 
as a culturally significant work. You keep saying that, and it makes me just feel more and more like a plebeian. Well, no, you're fine. I mean, you do remember that they've referenced it in Family Guy. Yeah, and, and other things that I've seen. Like, I've seen... This is the theme with me, is that I don't know the source material of a lot of musicals. I just know the parodies that have crept up throughout the years in other media that I've watched. And now you'll have an even richer appreciation, and then... When we're watching Popsicle Shtick on Seth Meyer, you will laugh just as hard as I do. You lost it. You yes, lost it. I absolutely lost it with this one and with another one that we're going to be doing soon. And I'm kind of excited about it, but kind of not. <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a quick ad break and then we're going to come back after Warren figures out how to solve a problem like Maria. Well, due to Warren's read of our sponsors last week, and the anger from the Ginger Tabby Commission, we unfortunately lost a sponsor, and we'll only have two this week. I had no idea that the president of McCavities had a ginger baby who was currently being indicted for crimes against humanity. I, there's no way I could have known, and I apologize sincerely to all ginger babies out there. Also, the Ginger Tabby Commission was very upset with um, the implication that they were the same as human children because ginger tabbies, like all other cats, believe that they are greater than us. And so by uh, a way of saying we are sorry to the ginger tabby commission, I will just say that yes, cats are not dogs. Our first sponsor is the Lonely Goat Herd Hotel. This scenic respite is perched high on a hill and is soundproof to keep the yodeling out. You can lady yodel, lady yodel, lay your head down on the comfortable feather pillows and drift <laughs> off to dreamland. You okay? Mm -hmm. In the morning is a continental breakfast with scrambled eggs, goat's milk, and a roast of one of the goats that was on the hill the night before. Lonely Goat Herd Hotel. Yodel love what we've done with the place. Our other sponsor is the Favorite Things Emporium. At the Favorite Things Emporium, we have all of your favorite things. Our kettles are made from pure, bright copper, and our woolen mittens are only somewhat itchy. Craving snowflakes on your nose and eyelashes? We have them here. Shop now and get our humanely sourced kitten whiskers at 50% off. We sure have all of your favorite things. All right. Be sure to check out our Twitter at Tone Deaf Musical and rate us on iTunes and subscri subscribe to our podcast wherever podcasts are sold. What did you think of that one? That was two hours going on three hours. Holy crap, that's long. Yeah, I forgot about that. So it was funny when we were sitting down to watch it because we rented it on uh, Amazon. And rented it on Amazon. And we're getting ready to watch it, and it says three hours and 44 minutes. And my jaw hit the floor. 
And I was like, holy crap, this is way long. And of course, Kay was like, I don't remember being that long. And we're just kind of like, well, I guess we'll finish around midnight, you know, because we stopped it. We started it at 730 mm-hmm. and we're planning for bathroom breaks and taking the dog outside and whatnot. But we get done with it and realize that there was about 45 minutes left. About nine, you know, and then and we realize, oh well, apparently since we rented it, they had a bunch of extras, which yeah. we may go back and watch because they seemed interesting, uh, but not tonight because it's late and we want to record this while it's fresh in our minds. Yes. So, I I enjoyed it. I liked it. Good. Um, I did like it. It was nice to see the original source material. Mm-hmm. For all of the parodies that I've seen ever yes. since I was a young child. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course, it opens up with a woman spinning in the middle of nowhere, singing about how the hills are alive with the sound of music. And I felt like shouting at her, the song is the wind because you're in the middle of nowhere and hills don't sing. Uh, <laughs> She then rushes off after realizing she's late to a penguin convention. Oh, God. Which turns out to be a bunch of nuns. <laughs> so that was interesting. Nuns all singing about how she's great and wonderful and also a pain in the butt. And because she's flighty and fancy free and can't keep her feet on the ground and her head out of the clouds, the head nun, I'm going to call her the... The great grand nun. Uh, was it Reverend? <laughs> the mother superior. Mother superior. Was it mother, Reverend mother? Yes, Reverend, Reverend mother superior. Mother. Reverend mother, great so, superior, alpha, prime, omega. So fun fact. So my mom was raised Catholic. Um, I wasn't, but I know enough about Catholicism. So it's kind of fun see, being able to be like, oh, see, if they're, if they're, habits have a white wimple then that means that they're you know novices they're they're the novices and you know the more seasoned nuns i shouldn't say season that's not the right word they go but... great with some barbecue sauce oh no uh, <laughs> so you have the 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 white-headed nuns which are the fledglings they haven't quite grown into the adult hun- adult nuns they haven't gotten their mm-hmm. their deep black of the the hood mm-hmm but uh yeah no it was it was kind of fun watching all of that stuff especially um hearing all of the mass in latin and all of that that was that was a nice that was nice yeah because you actually took latin yes in I, I took latin for several years because i liked it but i do have to make a correction from earlier in the podcast when i called von trapp George, it's Georg. I took Latin, not Austrian. Was it Georg? Or... Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, it was Georg. Georg. They kept calling him Georg, and my brain is just like, it's George. Yeah. No, not in Austria. But it was, it was just made me laugh how they're in Austria pronouncing things in a German way, but in British accents, yeah. every one of them. So that just, that always makes me laugh. That always makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but we digress. Um, yeah, Maria, the the protagonist, the mm-hmm. 
the chosen one of yes, the penguins. Yes, the chosen one of the penguins. Is uh, too flighty and is sent away to decide whether or not this is really the life that she wants. And, you know, spoilers, of course it's not because no offense to any nuns listening, but I would think being a nun is kind of boring. But there's a life of adventure out there and rich, eligible bachelors for you to marry. Some nuns can fly, though. That sounds like a bunch of nonsense. We're doing that one, too. <laughs> so when she goes to the Von, the, the Casa de Von Trapp, um, <laughs> I didn't like him initially, but you warned me of that. Yeah. A little bit. And uh, when he started shrieking on that whistle, it scared our dog. Uh, so thanks, Sound of Music. You freaked out an animal. I appreciate that. No, not really. Um, our, our poor dog. She is so sweet. But she will be laying near us, and then the TV gets really, really loud, and she gets up and looks at us like, you realize I have very sensitive ears, and this is very loud to me. Yeah. Then she walks away, and I'm just like, I'm sorry, sweetie. Oh, she was not okay with this one. Yeah. She was okay with cats for the most part, but well, not this one. Well, she likes cats. Yeah, she likes cats. But she doesn't so. like Nazis, just like any thinking, feeling. Exactly. Entity. We're raising our daughter right. Yes. And, um, so Cecil... Speaking of Nazis, how did you uh, feel about, uh, Rolf? He makes me want to Ralph. He <laughs> makes me want to throw up. I don't like old, young, toehead delivery boy thing, whatever. He, he looked weird. I don't know if it's the way that that actor looks or if it is the makeup that they did, but they look like... They look like... He looked like one of those pictures where if you take, like, a baby and then you try to CGI what it would look like as an old man. Oh, no. And then if you were to mesh those two pictures together. Because he looked like a 20-year-old old man. I will never be able to look at him the same he, way. He did not look right. I don't know if they, like, bleached his eyebrows and mm -hmm. his hair to make him look more Aryan or what. He did not look right. So, no, he didn't. And I don't know what his deal was, but Rolf... And his whole, you're just a silly girl, you need me to tell you what to do, and her compliance with that. I mean, sure, you can make the argument that it was the times, and women just don't know what to do without a man telling them what to do. Mm -hmm. But that kind of made me throw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I. It, that's one of my least favorite songs in The Sound of Music. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, I agree I do with like that. the reprise of it, though, with Maria and Liesl singing it after Liesl realizes that Rolf is a Rolf. See, and I think that was a really good mm -hmm. way of doing a reprisal, because, you know, it means one thing the first time, and then when it comes around the second time, it's like, yeah, we all make mistakes. Like, yeah. it has a very different tone, and I thought it was good. Yeah. Uh, Max... Initially, I wrote down Max is a weasel and a Nazi. I I, I take that back. I apologize to Max. I didn't mm -hmm. like him at first. Yeah. But he uh, he he redeems himself by the end. He he becomes a stand up guy. So fun fact. Still a greedy asshole, but Max doesn't exist. Really. He was made up for the he's, movie. He's a fabrication. Yeah, he's a fabrication. Uh... Um. So, the character that he. Kind of is is their family priest who ended up okay because you know some people have like it, it's kind of like how you'll have um the visiting teachers and stuff 
but so I didn't mean to scoff at the idea of a family priest. Mm-hmm. It just the way that they turned him into a money grubbing. Yeah, like, who um, can I steal to exploit to make money off of? I can't remember the guy's actual name, but he he was a uh, he was a priest. He lived with the von Trapps, and he did kind of become their manager. And he actually fled Austria with them. So, yeah, neat. I appreciate the. Uh, tidbits of factual based knowledge uh i have captain von trapp down here as captain curmudgeon mm-hmm. uh captain curmudgeon hates fun yes uh, no fun allowed yeah captain von trapp uh, i you know he, he redeems himself of course mm-hmm. he's he's got some depth i mean he's a he's a stern military guy who lost his wife and in order to maintain his manliness, just shut himself away and had to be stern with his children because that's the only way he knows to show love is by giving them order and discipline. And he's totally different in real life. Yes, you were telling me that he's actually a very nice yeah, guy. Yeah, he was a nice guy. Um, he was in his 40s when he married Maria, who was 22. Probably not uncommon for the time. Not uncommon at all for I, the time. Was, I imagine, so was the rest of it, like, he was a former Navy yes. officer, so he probably had a decent commission and probably mm-hmm. was rather Yeah, he well was rather up. well off. Um, the actual home that they lived in was not that big, giant mansion. Big sprawling mansion. Yeah, yeah. no, it wasn't like that. Um, I was going to say, I was like, dang, what does the Austrian military pay their officers? Yeah, no, he wasn't. It, it wasn't that big. <laughs> I was like, okay, he was an officer. Did he also, like, sell gold on the side? Did, no. did they have an oil rig in the backyard, too? I mean... Well, and um, like I had said, the movie takes liberties with time periods, too, because mm-hmm. uh, Maria and... Uh, and Georg ended up getting married in 1927. The movie takes place in 1938. Like, everything that happens in the movie takes place in 1938. Yeah, the movie felt like... Because you have the whole year 16 going on 17. I felt like by the time was the movie was over, it should have been like, you are 30 going on 31. Holy yeah. crap, this is long. Yeah. Which, speaking of which, while we were watching the movie, I kept thinking, Liesl looks much older than she's supposed to be playing, which is not uncommon for someone mm-hmm. in their 20s to be playing a 16, 17, 18-year-old. That's just acting. However... I made you look it up while yes. we were watching. She is older than Maria. Yes. Um, so Julie Andrews was born in 1947. Um, and the actress who played uh, Liesel, um, her name was... Uh, I had it written down here. Her name was Charmaine Carr. She was born... So... Uh, Julie Andrews was born 1947. Charmaine Carr was born 1942. Yeah. And she actually passed away a couple of years ago, which is pretty yeah. sad, but Yeah, but 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 still that yeah. that just blew me away because I knew that she wasn't that she was older than the character she was portraying, which mm-hmm. it's fine, I'm not going to cry about that's that. Common. But, the, but the fact that she was mm-hmm. older than the woman playing her nanny/ slash 
stepmom. Yeah. Like, that blew oh, me away. Oh, remember, teenagers don't look like teenagers on TV. Yeah, teenagers don't look like teenagers on TV. You gotta use adults. Yep, and if you need an adult, you just tape a bunch of cats together. I was gonna say you tape a bunch of toddlers together. Oh, that works, too. Gluing works better because the tape falls apart when they move around. <laughs> and, um, you know, I thought... That the Baroness, the uh, supposed stepmother, who, you know, she was setting up to be the evil stepmother. Yeah. Uh, I thought she was going to turn out to be a Nazi. Yeah, she and, just sort of disappears. Yeah, she just sort of disappears. <laughs> but there is a brief period. I have it down written here. I called her Baron Von Bitchface. Uh, and her junior high manipulations with, yeah. oh, you're so young and pretty, Maria. You can't help a man for noticing how beautiful you are. It's just silly that he thinks that he's in love with you. He needs a real woman like me to... N- yeah those those lines ticked me off but you know gotta have the the conflict gotta Mm -hmm. drive her away so that she realizes and she comes back and well and that's another weird thing with this is sorry to shatter this for anyone who loves this story um the real story yes maria's hired on as a governess but and they do get married but it wasn't out of love it was because Georg needed a wife to take care of his kids, and Maria needed the stability, and she also just loved these kids. So she even says in her memoirs that she married him so that she could have the kids, and then later fell in love with him. That actually is kind of cute, though. Yeah. Because I don't know that I've ever heard of something being like that where oh, I, this person's okay, but their kids, I just adore their kids, yeah. and I want to be a mother to their children, and the, the husband is secondary. Like, yeah. I actually think that's kind of sweet. Like, because mm-hmm. you know that those kids probably loved her, too. And, they mm-hmm. were, and of course, you know, for, for Georg, you know, he, well, if he's a good father, he wants his kids to be happy. Yeah. And I, just, I think that is kind of sweet. Yeah. But uh, I did love when Georg broke up with, what was her name? The Baroness? I'm just going to call her Baroness. Baroness, yeah. yeah I, I don't remember her name. She didn't leave that much of an impression on me other than her her big forehead and <laughs> her resting bitch face. Um, but I loved when he was breaking up with her and she did the whole, it's not me, it's you. Like, yeah. There's nothing wrong with me. You're not breaking up with me. I'm breaking up with you. I need a man who is just head over heels in love with me and just needs me or needs my money. Yeah, that but, last bit was the part that I I'm was sure like, that, that was a joke. I don't like you. I'm sure it was yeah. a joke on her point because she's like, oh, I might be able to get some super handsome young man mm-hmm. who wants me for my money and he'll be my boy toy. That's kind of how I interpreted that. Yeah. I could, I could be wrong, but... Uh, what does that say? Bell Boy Dies? Uh, was that... Oh, that was the bell ringer. You were laughing. Oh, oh yes. So, thank you. You interpreted my note better than I did. It is late, and we are tired, and I have terrible handwriting. So when uh, Captain Von Trapp and... Well, I should... I know his name. Georg. Georg. When Georg and Maria are getting married, there's a scene with a bellboy just going up and down on the big... 
church bells, and he's just full-on dangling, and he looks like he's in a panic. And I just kept thinking that that boy is going to die, like he's going to fall down the bell tower and, and be a curse flat. <laughs> uh, but we don't ever see what happens to him, so I'm going to say he does die, because we don't ever see anything to the contrary. Rest in peace, bellboy. <laughs> <laughs> the first two-thirds of the movie were a fun musical, uh, and then it became a goose-stepping bummer. Oh. Um, the transition immediately into, and the Nazis have taken over Austria. I was like, okay, yeah. hard right. Uh, I don't, So I don't... to speak. <laughs> I didn't say uh, that. Oh, you're funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I know it's part of the story, and it's a thing, but I was actually really enjoying the movie up to that point i i don't want to say that i don't like the movie after that yeah i don't like the movie as much Mm -hmm. after that uh because i don't like nazis um yeah i love the whole we need to remind people that nothing in austria has changed austria is exactly the same as it was Nothing has changed. You will sing. You will be happy. We are all happy Austrians. Yeah, that was that was one of those things that I was going, oh, yikes. Yeah, and I didn't like Zeller the moment that they showed him. Like, he was first at the uh, the party mm-hmm. at the Von Trapp Manor, complaining about there being an Austrian flag in the house in Austria. A legasp. Yeah. I mean, that would be like someone coming into the United States and being like, what? You don't have a Canadian flag hanging in your, your mm-hmm. house? Ah, that man is a... He's proof that the Nazis experimented with genetic manipulation because he is the first human-turd hybrid. <laughs> Did not like him at all. Oh uh, he, was, he was a great villain, though. He he was the kind of character you love to hate. Yeah. And any good movie really needs to have characters that you love to hate. Yeah, and watching it this time with, you know, things the way they are... I was actually more tense than I ever was watching it when I was younger. That might be one of the reasons that I disliked it mm-hmm. uh, towards the end was because of current events and speaking of human turd hybrids. Um, yeah, I was further detail on that. Yeah, but then of course you know they're they uh, try to escape. And end up getting caught, and then they're doing their performance in front of everybody at the festival, and that was that was a nice part. I did like Max's redemption there, mm-hmm. kind of like softball to the crowd that yes, the captain will be taken to go serve in the navy of the Third Reich, and everybody being like, hur, 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 yeah, I, I loved that moment. So I thought that was good. That was for me. That was when Max had his redemption moment, even if he did kind of tainted a little bit by going i could have made so much money off yeah but that's his character yeah he cares about money that's that's his dynamic Mm -hmm. what's in it for me yeah um yeah and then you know you had the the hiding scene the the nuns were great um but then of course teenage hormones like gasp (gasps) ralph is a nazi and then yeah he he hangs back because he's a, a sneaky one and catches them as they're coming out of hiding. God, I hate Rolf. I, yeah, Ra- yeah, Ralph. Let's call him Ralph. No, no, there's plenty of nice people named Ralph. Let's yeah. Call him, let's call him Puke. Puke. Yeah. I don't like Puke. I don't like Puke either. Uh, Rolf, the, I haven't even heard my notes. Rolf, the goose-stepping goose ass clown, <laughs> which I think is way too kind. I wanted to put down something else, but I'm trying to keep my language under control for this podcast. Uh, I don't like.
like him. Uh, and I did love the whole, you'll never be one of them. And then his just like, how dare you? Yeah. Lieutenant, Lieutenant, they're here. And then they go to chase them and find out that the nuns have sinned, sinned most grievously by sabotaging the Nazi cars. I love that yeah. scene so much. Nazis, I mean, not Nazis, the nuns, the penguins are the real MVPs. Mm-hmm. Good penguins. Good penguins. You always got to have a nun have your back. Hey, they they are divine. They mm-hmm. are divine. Yeah. Yep. That was that was God. That was, they were doing God's work there. They were. So a fun fact with that ending escape. None of that happened either. I that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. When they were showing them escaping into the mountains, I was like, okay, we're going to have a whole nother scene of them surviving in the mountains on foot until they get to safety. No. And then the movie just ends with them in the mountains. And I was kind of surprised. I was really surprised that they chose to end it there because my brain is like going, oh, we're not going to see the after part where they're, forced to eat some of the children in order to make it because they're walking in the freaking mountains on foot, no camping equipment, yeah. no survival gear. Like, somebody's gonna die. Like, yeah. somebody's gonna die. Do you want to know how it really happened? I, let me take a guess. Lisa, and so I'm gonna say that they were smuggled across one of the borders at some point. Okay, no, nope. well, I'm wrong. So, Georg was asked to join, well, not asked, he was told <laughs> he, to join. He was voluntold. Yeah, he was voluntold to join the Third Reich's Navy. And at the time, they did not have money, like, period. And so he was really tempted, but he just could not do it because he absolutely despised the idea of working for that regime. He didn't want to compromise his morals. He didn't want to compromise his morals at all. And... Respect. So... Their home was not too far from a train station. So they just walked to the train station, boarded the train, and went to Italy. <laughs> and then from Italy, they came to the U.S. and wow. started their tours. Glad they didn't get stuck in Italy with Mussolini. Yeah, they left Italy pretty quickly from the stuff I was reading. But yeah, it's it's kind of like I can see why they changed the ending because how just anticlimactic would that have been because it wasn't even from a concert it was just they left their house to the train station boarded the train and i mean it's still stressful as heck yeah. but it's not the climbing onto the train or it's not the climbing up a mountain stressful it's the getting onto a train and being like oh nothing to see here we're just going to italy especially in this in the current political climate of America, I really want a gif of uh, Georg pulling down the Nazi flag from his house and just ripping it in half. I could watch that part, like, on repeat for I, a while. I have that gif. You do? Yes. That's fantastic. I have I, that gif, I, so we will... I need to save that to my phone and I can just pull it out every now and then. Yeah. It's it's an awesome gif. Yeah. I... He... I... I yeah. Good, good man, Georg. Um, the one thing, though, is in his situation, I couldn't help but think if you know that your home had been taken over by Nazis, I think being sly probably would have gotten him further. If you'd have been like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, sure, I'll join. I got to do this thing with my family, but then I'll I'll, I'll go join. Yeah. And then when 
they think, okay, cool, he's on board, then you slip away. Yeah, the the way that they wrote it made it seem like it was a case of, you're going tonight. Because it was poor timing on his part, because he was off on his honeymoon. True. And then gets back, and it's like, oh, tonight you're reporting to you know, join the Navy. And talk about a kick in the teeth. Like, can yeah. you imagine if on our honeymoon, all of a sudden, I got, like, a call saying, oh, you've been drafted to yeah, go serve that... in the military? Wouldn't that just be the... It's like, I'm enjoying time with yeah. my wife. Yeah. My new wife. Uh, I don't want to don't wanna go join your, your messed mm-hmm. up fan club. Yeah, it was... Oof. And I, I really, um, watching it this time, because I watched it a lot when I was really young, um, but one of my, one of the things that I didn't appreciate as a kid as much was just this, the way that music was used in this, especially towards the end. I almost started crying with Edelweiss at the end. Oh, when he's singing? Yes, when he's singing. He starts to. And yeah. that's when Maria and the rest of the family come in and kind of yeah. save him a bit. Yeah, and I almost lost it there, and I've never cried with this movie. You know, now that I think about it, that I, I think I thought about it when I was watching it initially, but then everything else in the movie was happening, so it kind of slipped my mind. Mm-hmm. But that is a really powerful scene, because he's singing about a flower that's native to his homeland, and encouraging other people i hope you know he said that's a love song yeah and telling people i hope that you never lose that yeah and just trying to invoke the patriotism for his people to not let their country fall victim to to fascism to fascism this fascist yeah. regime that is that is spreading and he starts to get kind of choked up about it and it was it definitely was a powerful scene um and i think that they did a really good job of not hanging on that too long mm-hmm. because they could have you know some filmmakers will drag out dramatic scenes yeah. to the point of nauseam yeah. I felt like the timing and the pacing and a lot of, I mean this movie was really well done mm-hmm. I can see why it's in the library of congress I can see why it's referenced as much as it is I can see why I have seen so many spoofs mm-hmm. and parodies of it because it is really good Yeah, um, you heard me when we were taking potty breaks and letting the dog out. Like, I'm sitting here walking around humming yeah. the songs we've listened to. Like, it was really good. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mm-hmm. found, even though we were we were tired and initially we were like, holy crap, this is going to be almost four hours long. Like, I was enjoying the movie a lot. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm glad we watched it. It was a good one. Yay! So that was The Sound of Music. Join us next week for a show that Warren, unfortunately, was introduced to via Stanley Kubrick. The memories still haunt me. I'm so sorry. (laughs) We'll be having a little journey into the history of film as we tackle Singing in the Rain. Yay! Thank you so much for listening. We truly hope you enjoyed this. Please follow us on Twitter at Tone Deaf Musical and like, share, and subscribe. If you loved it, tell your friends and spread the word. If you want to go above and beyond, please donate to our Patreon, which is also Tone Deaf Musical. That's it for this week. We love you. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone Tone Deaf. Deaf.